I'd like to begin by noticing my new look as your pastor. I'm wearing glasses for the first time in 57 years. I have contacts before that. I'm getting cataract surgery done in September, so I'm required to be without my contacts for a period of time. So on Friday, they gave me these. They're bifocals. Steps jump up and down when you go up and down them. I have no idea what my sermon is going to be completely for you today. Words are jumping off the page when I jump up and down. Good luck. If you don't find a space filled, fill it in with something you think is good. (laughs) Today we're going to look at choosing to be different. The text is 1 Peter 1 and 2. The section of scripture for today speaks all for itself. But what is tough is how to apply it to yourself. What you hear and how you're going to be challenged by the reading of God's word. If you are going to skip any week at all of Peter's messages to us, this would have been the week to do it. Because it's tough. But I want to set the stage by reminding you of the two worlds that the Bible refers to often, using different terms. These are the two worlds. Number one in your notes, the evil side. And number two is called the godly side. So you have the evil side, the Bible also calls it the sinful flesh. And you have the godly side, which the Bible calls the spirit. The flesh versus the spirit. Darkness versus light. The old versus the new. The Bible refers to this all through scripture. There is something very, very real happening with these two worlds, two realities. And if you're a believer, if you are a Christian, you have been set free from the evil side. You are no longer a slave to sin and darkness. Jesus is the only one with a key. When we are slaves to sin's power and bondage, Jesus comes along and opens the jail. You are delivered from being a prisoner to sin and darkness. You live in the new. That's the good news. You live in the light. You live by the Spirit. However, there is a wickedness that we are constantly battling. I'm faced with this every Sunday morning when I get up from the horizontal position to the vertical position and fight the old nature that would like to live in sin and rebellion. Yeah, and disobey the third commandment. But Some people think that pastors sleep in the vertical position and therefore it's easier for them to get up on Sundays. Not true. I struggle as much as others. Sometimes members switch their allegiance even by going to St. Mattress Church on Sunday. But that's not biblical. Certainly not God's will. How many of you struggle with your sinful nature, with the evil world? Sure. We live in the spirit, but there's still the wicked, sinful nature in every one of us. I've thought that it would be great that when we became Christians, that God would just take us up to heaven right away then we would not have to live with this tension between the old and the new, 
between the evil side and the godly side, and the flesh and the spirit. But God has left us here on earth to figure out how to live for him, how to serve God by serving others. As Paul says in Philippians, in an evil and perverse generation. To live in a time that is opposing God's will. To live in a time that is anti to God. How is it that we can better live God's way? Well, Peter will help us out. The Bible says the evil one does control the world. Don't be surprised by sin then. People will often say, I just can't believe it. The Bible already says that the world is evil. The paper is filled with it daily. So don't be surprised. Be sad. Have a desire to change the world, yes. But don't be surprised. Because the Bible says, apart from Jesus, we live in darkness, in sin. The evil one wants us to feel comfortable. That life is really easy. And tempts us to go the way of the old. To disobey God's way and God's will. Now you must recognize this tension. If you're going to hear what Peter has to say. In that first chapter. Where Peter challenges Christians to choose. Yeah, choose to be different in two ways. In your notes, two challenges. Number one. You have been made new. Yeah, you have been made new. Look at 1 Peter 1.14. He writes, don't, laze, don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil. Don't just, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourself be pulled into a way of life that's shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. So first you have, you've been made new. Peter says that we should not slip into the old grooves of evil. You know better. Then he says as obedient children. That's kind of a weird phrase. Obedient children. Sometimes they just don't seem to go together. Let yourself be pulled into a way of life, Peter says. Shaped by whom? By God. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. Circle that word holiness in that verse. Because Paul says, if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you have been made new. The old has passed away. But Peter even goes a step further. He uses the word holy. Being made new is one thing. Brand new car, new computer, a new baby, looking a little bit like E.T. But Peter says, blazing with holiness. Holiness is kind of a scary word. Some churches have holy water, holy Bible, holy sacrament. Describes the church as being a holy place. But there is a simple biblical definition for holy in your notes. Holy means set apart. You're set apart from the ways of this evil world. You're set apart from the ways of the flesh. You're set apart from the ways of wickedness. You're set apart from the ways of those who disobey God's commandment. You're set apart from the ways of darkness. That's what Peter is saying. Because you have been made new. Be holy by the working of God's Holy Spirit. Peter says in your notes, choose then to be different. Choosing to be different in your notes says a discipline. It's a discipline spiritually to be different from the evil world. And it's kind of tough. 
It's not always easy. Kids will tell you now how tough it is to get up on early on during the week as school is beginning. It was always easier to sleep in. But living God's way and following God's plan also is not easy. It takes discipline. In your notes, look at the extremes of discipline and a drifter. The drifter is the opposite of discipline. A drifter is one who coasts, who is dogging it, who does just enough to get by, do just enough, hoping, hoping to get in at the end. Where are you? Where are you with your faith in your life? I want you to rate yourself. Are you disciplined with your faith? Or are you just drifting? Put an X to help you see where you are with your faith in life as a Christian. Then talk it over with a mature Christian brother or sister to gain some insight. See, discipline is tough. Drifting is easy. We are always being tempted by the old. I read this week that opportunity, opportunity may only knock once, but temptation, temptation leans on the doorbell. We're always being tempted, being tempted to live by the flesh, to follow darkness, to ignore God's will and God's way. On the back of your notes, number two, the second challenge Peter gives us to be different is prepare yourself for a different life. Prepare yourself for a different life. Look at 1 Peter 1.13. So roll up your sleeves, he says. Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Perhaps you're, prepare yourself for a different life. This is not a time then to take it easy, to kick back. Peter says it's time to roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear. You are a new creation. So prepare for battle. You know that if a team goes into a game unprepared, you're going to get wiped out. So get ready. The evil one is going to wipe us out if we're not ready. If we don't roll up our sleeves. Why? Just why should we prepare ourselves? Peter tells us, in your notes, because God, he paid the price. For you. God paid a price for you. Look at 1 Peter 1 18 and 19. God paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven, which your fathers tried to take. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, as you very well know, but he paid for you with his precious and lifeblood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So God paid a price for you. Sin and evil cause the separation between God and us. It's like there's a deep canyon between man and God, and there was no way to cross over. We needed to be reconciled with God. We needed to be reunited with God. So God sent Jesus down to our sinful world to build a bridge. He built a bridge from one side to the other, made with his cross. And that cross, when Jesus died for us, and in our place, gave us access to a relationship with God. We have been made new, prepare for a different life, because Jesus died for you. That's the motivation then. That's why Jesus shed his blood. God paid the price. Now you are to be different. 
So now act like it. And Peter wants us to be different in three ways, he says. So circle the word different in that verse. Three ways to be different. That is to be holy. Number one, have discipline with your love. You have discipline with your love. Look at 1 Peter 1.22 where Peter says, Now you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all your hearts. See, Peter is saying that there is no better test than love. You have been made new. Prepare yourself. So Peter says, love one another warmly. I would have preferred that Peter would have started off with something a little bit easier. Maybe just wave at some strangers. But no, he says, love one another warmly with all your heart. Is love a filter that all your actions go through? Do you put other people and their interests before yourself? Do you love one another warmly? In your notes, Peter is saying, Christian love sets us apart. Love is what sets us apart. Love is a display of your holiness. Love is the litmus test for Christians. And Jesus preached that same message himself. He writes, Others will know that you are my followers by one, that you have love for one another. So you wanted to be different. It starts with your love. The story is told of two children and a brother and a sister. They've been going to Sunday school. They've been told how Jesus was living in their hearts. At home the next day, they were playing. The sister was really upset, got mad at her brother. She hit him, smacked him. The brother said, hey, I thought Jesus was living in your heart. Then the girl remembered. Then she said, he is, but he's sleeping right now. (laughs) When it comes to loving one another warmly, when it comes to the discipline of love, do you find that Jesus is often sleeping? In your notes, is Jesus sleeping in you? Or can all people say, see how they love one another warmly? Number two, a second way in your notes to be different, to be holy. Have discipline with your words. Have discipline, Peter says, with your words. Looking at 1 Peter 1.22, he says, Be sure then, you're never spiteful or deceitful or hypocritical or envious or critical of each other. Have discipline with your words. What we say to others can set us apart from the evil world, from the flesh, from the ways of darkness. So Jesus says, you know a person's heart. You can know a person's heart by the words that come out of their mouth. When you speak Jesus' words of love and care, that will set you apart with those who are lived by the flesh, those who are just drifters, those who seek to disobey God's will. So are you spiteful or deceitful or critical? In your notes, maturity. Maturity helps, helps us keep our thoughts to ourselves. Even though the evil one may make us think of criticizing, being skeptical, being spiteful, Christian Christian maturity says that we keep them to ourselves. And as you mature more and more, even evil thoughts become less and less. Number three, 
A third way in your notes to be different. A third way to be set apart. Peter says, have discipline with your desire for God's word. Have discipline with your desire for God's word. Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 2. Be like newborn babies, always thirsty for the pure spiritual milk, so that by drinking it, you may grow up and be saved. I want you to circle that with words, always thirsty. The image there is to be always thirsty for the spiritual milk of God's word. Some Christians have drunk from the God's word, but you no longer always thirsty for God's word. In worship, you no longer are thirsty every week for God's word. In looking at the Bible study opportunities, you no longer thirst for God's word. In your personal devotions, you no longer are always thirsty for God's word. You want to know how to be different? You want to know how to be set apart? Just look at God's word. That's God's love letter to you. And let the spirit of God set you apart once again. Help you to be always thirsty for his word. In your notes, it's having a passion for God's word. God's word is more than just a good book. It's more than just a bestseller. It's God's love letter. It shows us how to be different. It shows you how God loves you. Gave his son to Jesus to die on the cross for you. Now secondly in your notes, you always be thirsty means to, be, to study God's word. To have a desire to study and learn, to grow up, to be set apart. Looking at John 6 verse 35, Jesus says, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. It's critical as we often think food and water are to our lives. Jesus tells us that he is more important. Jesus is the bread for eternal life. And Jesus comes to us and feeds us through his word. So in conclusion, we read together Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Together, when anyone is joined to Christ, he is a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. So having discipline with your love, with your words, with your desire for God's word, it's not always easy. Peter certainly had troubles with those words also. Peter was a real human being with all of the weaknesses that we have. But Jesus came to him, cleaned up, cleaned up his life. Jesus called his profession a rock. That gives us hope. By the Spirit working through God's word today, we also can begin anew with our love, with our words, with our desire for God's word. Amen.